good week to you all, dear listeners. This is T.C. Rollins. <laughs> and this is Rain DeGray. You're really leaning into that voice. I am leaning into this voice. This is my natural voice. I don't know what you're speaking of. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you always sound like that. Well, thank you for joining us. The voice is a little bit off this week. I felt a titch under the weather. I got a booster, and it put me down for a day. It's just nothing nothing but a day. I'm back up, but it settled in my lungs, and my voice is a little bit off. So just lean into it as production yeah. value. It's yeah, good. I mean, yeah. it's a good, deep it's, voice. It's, 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 it's deep. It's a perfect voice it's for radio. Silky, yeah, you're, you've got that nice rolling radio voice for sure. We are coming to you from two undisclosed locations. In our secret bunkers. Yes, deep underground, somewhere in the San Francisco Bay Area. <laughs> For those of you who do not know, this is a weekly podcast, but this is an even-numbered episode, so it was being released to the general public, whereas every odd-numbered episode is available only to the patrons. And if you want to hear those, because they are just as good, if not better, actually, than what They're you're hearing now. They're for the now. cool kids. They're for the cool kids. If you want to go to the boys' room and smoke with the cool kids, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash dirty talk podcast. Topic the first. One thing we have discussed previously on this podcast is putting things in your butt. I thought that you were going to say naked mole rats. We have talked about naked mole rats. I wouldn't suggest putting one of those in your butt. No, no, no. That's definitely, that's not, no. But we have indeed discussed sticking things up your butt. And I I know that this is a topic that's going around a lot right now. It's very popular. It's It's popular to put things in your butt. Well, well, it yes. seems like it's always popular because every year they release a list of the strangest things that have wound up in people's asses, right? Yes, they do. And there's some pretty strange things. But I think that probably what's going to make the top of the list this year is the strangest thing I've ever heard of. And I have heard of a lot of things. And for everyone who is sitting there wondering with bated anticipation, why don't you fill them in on what this thing is? It's a bomb. They put a bomb into butt. A bomb squad had to be called in after a World War II artillery shell accidentally got stuck up a gentleman's posterior because he was cleaning in the nude. Mm -hmm. With all his World War II memorabilia. He's very attached to the memorabilia. It's obviously something that means a lot to him. And when he's cleaning and dusting his artillery shells naked, gravity is strong. And if you're not careful before you know it, you end up with a bomb up your butt. Yeah. When you slip and fall in just the right way, because when I slip and fall, I always go ass first straight to the ground. How many times have you slipped and fell and ended up with something up your ass? Uh, Okay. Well, I am 43 and this happened to me never. (laughs) Never is the answer. I've never slipped and wound up with something in my butt because the just the pure trigonometry of all this of like how yeah I mean I know that's always the excuse. I don't yes. know, doctor. I fell and this thing just lodged itself in my butt. No, there's no lube or anything involved. It's just a big pointy thing. What we're trying to say here at the Dirty Talk podcast is only put things up your butt that are designed to be up there in the first place 
That means no apples. I've heard horror stories of apples getting lost up there. No bombs. Mm-hmm. Gerbils. No gla- Shaved no gerbils. gerbils. No, no naked mole rats. If it's not designed to go up your butt, don't do it, my friends. Or mm. the bomb squad might end up getting called for you and nobody wants that. What is more embarrassing than showing up at the hospital with something lodged inside of you is them having to call the authorities <laughs> to determine that no, it's not going to explode oh. and hurt everyone else around you. Thankfully, the oh. bomb squad did say, okay, it's it's not a danger It's oh. not because they were going to try and take it out, but they weren't sure. If we take this thing out, is it going to go off? That's why they had to call the bomb squad, be like, we're going to remove it from this guy's butt. But in doing so, we don't want to kill everybody in the room. So they had to go and determine like, okay, it's safe. It's not going to go off. Go ahead and remove it from the guy's ass. Invest your time and money in high quality toys. That's all I can say. And a bomb is not a high quality toy. That's just awkward. What we're saying is (laughs) if you're going to put things in your butt, Always have an exit strategy. Yes. That is what we're saying. Yes. And this poor man in England did (laughs) not have an exit strategy. You know, sometimes you get a little hungry and you don't think about the repercussions. And before you know it, you've got a mortar between your legs. Speaking of things happening in the UK. Jolly old England. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. I have something that also goes inside you, but it's a completely different hole. Can you guess what it is? Is it sounding? <laughs> Are people sounding? They're stuck in their houses because yes. they're in lockdown, because the pandemic's not over, and they just decide, I'm going to start sticking random shit in my urethra. I can guarantee for a stone-cold fact that has absolutely happened, but that is not the hole I'm talking about. It is history-making. It's a history-making hole. Okay, tell me about this history-making hole. Well, uh, as it turns out, because we are living in the cyberpunk future I have always anticipated, we have now made history and printed out the first 3D eye. Okay. Yeah, it's about time. An engineer named Steve, and he has needed a prosthetic eye since the age of 20. And the problem is that the technology that we have, the eye never looked right. It looked kind of flat and dead, and we were doing the best we could, but someone finally had the genius idea. Let's take 3D printers. We can do everything else with them. Mm -hmm. Let's see if we can't print off a realistic fake eye, and they did, and they gave it to this engineer, and he is beyond pleased, and he says it's the most realistic thing he's ever had. Now that we've done it once, we're going to keep doing it, but it's going to completely shift what false eyes look like. Oh, cool. Well, you know, the guitar player for my band had a fake eye since he was a kid, and it did always look a little glassy yeah. yes. and off. I mean, he did have some weird ones that he could put in, which were cool just to mess with people. Right. But they, they never looked quite right. But also, right. whenever we would get high, one of his eyes would turn really red, and the other would just uh-huh. look normal. So he just had this strange cockeyedness. He'd be really uh-huh. fucked up. But it just like this one eye looked completely normal and wide. And his other yeah. eye was just kind of squinty, pop-eyed, bloodshot. Right. I think even with 3D printing technology, they won't be able to make both of your eyes look equally stoned. No, they won't. Unless you, before you get stoned, you you pop out you your s- clear you eye. Switch it out. And then you switch this is, this is my going out eye right here. Very important for it to have symmetry. In the future all these 3D printed things might be made out of a substance. 
I, I, I'm just going to see if you can guess what this substance is. I know you're not going to guess, but what uh, substance could all these things be made out of? Because they have discovered a new plastic that requires 97% less carbon emissions to make than petroleum-based plastics. It was, it was based on a, a naturally renewable resource. Dolphin semen. Oh my God, so close. What, what, am I? Yes. What, what, what is it? You're incredibly what? slow. <laughs> you are so incredibly slow. It's what? close. Well, what is it? What? Salmon sperm. What? Yes. No, I just pulled dolphin semen out of the air. No. What? Uh, yes. I was salmon really sperm. close. You were extremely close. I mean, dolphins are mammals, but yeah, it's salmon DNA. They combine it with another chemical derived from vegetable oil. They take these two things, they mix it together, and it creates a gel-like squishy substance called hydrogel, which they can then freeze-dry and mold it into any shape they want, and it creates a durable plastic. So it's just these ingredients of just DNA from salmon, sperm, and vegetable oil. How fortunate, because we have such a plethora of salmon sperm lying around this planet. Well, I would say that we, in the future, could have more salmon sperm than we have oil, because if we're constantly sipping at that oil, you sip at anything, and eventually right. the glass goes dry. That milkshake evaporates. <laughs> we better start breeding that salmon. Yeah. And then, of course, I know how much we love the scientists, but there are scientists out there that have to be milking the salmon. Ah, no, 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 no. Wait, how do you scientifically milk salmon? It's, just, it's very, very cold, oh. methodical. Oh. You're not doing it because you enjoy it. You're just like, I'm just extracting the semen from this salmon. I don't know how much semen you can get from a salmon. But I mean, you have to, I mean, the salmon has to be turned on, right? Like, maybe. you have to, I don't know, are you be... jacking off a salmon? Like, Possibly. how are you? Are you just collecting you... semen from the salmon? Do you do you have to show the salmon something to get it turned on? Sexy like, lady salmon porn. Well, we have covered the fact that there are people who are professional pig orgasmers, mm -hmm. pig orgasming, pig orgasmers, pig, pig. <laughs> we have. Hold on. We have covered in the past the fact that there are people who professionally make pigs orgasm mm -hmm. in order to increase their chances for for fertility. Yeah. And I've seen the videos and it's the most scientific and unenthusiastic orgasmic pig ticklers I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure the same could apply to salmon milkers. Yeah. Or you just... know, so in the future I think salmon fluffer could be a job yes. title. Right? Yes, it could save the planet. Yeah, what do you do? Oh, I'm a salmon fluffer for the plastics industry, of, of course, doing my part. <laughs> oh, I am in my cyberpunk future. But you, you think about these scientists that had the idea of, hey, what if we jack off some salmon, take the sperm, mix it with some other shit, and see if we can <laughs> make plastics out of it? And they did. They were able to do it. Only downside with these plastics currently is that you can't really get them very wet because if you get them too wet, then they go back into this gelatinous state. So they will solve that eventually. But this is a completely renewable way to make plastics. And in the future, we might need all the sandwiches we can get our hands on because we need this plastic. At this point, I think that we have scientifically proven that scientists know how to party. They're they're counting rat testicles. They are tickling and fluffing salmon. They are hotboxing 
lobsters, like scientists get down. Mm -hmm. I, they have to be like sitting around in a circle getting super stoned and, and like, what if we combine sandwiches and vegetable oil? Mm -hmm. When you're brainstorming, no, nothing's off the table. You just throw it against the wall, see if it sticks. In this case, it did stick. So in the future, the plastics that you use on a daily basis could be because of good, old-fashioned, 100% pure salmon cum. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm just <laughs> sorry. I'm I'm trying to get the cum out of my mind. Oh, I have some cum for you. Oh, okay. Come at me with it. It's pure cum. Well, you don't want the tainted cum. No, 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 you don't. Particularly if you're living in Australia, you don't want tainted cum. Mm -hmm. Even though Australia is currently running close to 80% vaccinated, the 20% that are holding out are taking their pure blood and other fluids very seriously. Mm -hmm. In fact, they are taking it so seriously, they are now launching a new dating site called, can you guess? Pure. Oh, you're such a good guesser. <laughs> it is indeed called pure. And it is where those whose sperm and other bodily fluids have not been tainted by evil vaccines can meet up untainted. with each other. Yes, for the untainted. I have seen ads online for people advertising their unvaxxed sperm. It's in not very high demand, I don't think, but there's people out there willing to give it to you if you want it. It this... is unsullied by whatever genetic modifications they've put into us. If you want to get I... the pure stuff from the tap. I have I have seen some of the offers. Uh, you can actually have a t-shirt and the t-shirt can be advertising your pure untainted sperm and you can be offering it my gut tells me that not as many people are picking up these fine gentlemen on the offers as they are anticipating mm -hmm. but yes i've seen some of the offers people are convinced that their testicles are worth millions of dollars what man's testicles isn't worth millions of dollars they're filled mm. with importance so much importance in there my only hope with all this is that the idiots will get together and breed with the idiots and then maybe they'll kill themselves off or we just end up with idiocracy. Either way, you need to have an exit strategy. This is uh, turned into a bit of a dark and depressing podcast. What sort of exit strategy are you talking about? Well, speaking of COVID vaccinations. Go on. An organization in Germany called Verin Sturbbehalif. We apologize in advance, <laughs> Sorry, Germany. <laughs> Sorry. If I say it with more of an accent, that works. They are the largest euthanasia group in Germany, and they have released a statement that if you want them to euthanize you, you have to be vaccinated with the COVID vaccine. Really? Yeah. Wait, what? I'm confused. If you're going to get euthanized, why would you need to be vaccinated? What's the logic with that? Okay, so here's the logic behind it, is that the euthanasia process usually requires human closeness, so they need to be in the room with you, and they don't want to get infected by you. You could be terminally ill and seeking out their euthanasia services, but right. they're saying, look, if you want us to kill you, 
you have to go get vaccinated so you don't get sick and kill us. And kill us. Okay, right? sure. So now that is their stipulation is you either have to get the vaccine or you have to have recovered from COVID. But if you've recovered from COVID and you're terminally ill, I don't know why the COVID didn't kill you. I don't know. That's just a thought train that just left the station. <laughs> and it's off. Yes, and it's off. So in Germany, this group, if you want to have them kill you, you need to go out and get yourself vaxxed first. That's very responsible. I can appreciate that. It is very responsible. However, there is some new science in euthanasia. We do like science. And we like euthanasia. I'm, I'm pro both of those things. It's we're, true. We're pro-choice yes. basically on all stuff. If you want to decide to end your life, that's your business. We fully support your decision to do that. We are not holding you back because, oh, every human soul is precious and you're going to burn in hell, whatever. Do what you want to do. A company has come out with a new suicide pod, or I wouldn't say new because it's been out for a while now. And it has just passed legal review in Switzerland. What exactly is a suicide pod? It's a pod. Here, I will show you a picture of it here. Okay. And I will probably make this the picture that's accompanying this episode. You see this pod? Yeah, it looks like a very space-age tanning bed. Yeah, it's called Sarko, and it can be taken anywhere. It is 3D printed. Everything is 3D printed everything these is, days. Everything is 3D printed these days. It can be 3D printed to match the person who's using its body dimensions. And the 3D printing models are going to be open source. So anybody can get them and develop one of these pods. So you don't necessarily have to be close to the other people. The way it works is that you 3D print all the components for the pod. You put the pod together. You can take the pod anywhere you want. So if you want to euthanize yourself on the side of a mountain looking at the sunrise, you can do that. Then, but someone has to come up after you and take the pot away. Yeah, they take the pot away. Usually your family and friends are going to come join you. Okay, okay. Before you could kill yourself, you have to pass an online evaluation. If you pass this online evaluation, you get a code that is good for only 24 hours. This code you can use inside the pod. The pod cannot be activated from the outside. Here is the process. You get your code. You set up your pod wherever you want to die. You can have your family, friends around. You go inside the pod. You enter in your access code. It then asks you another series of questions, which are recorded, saying you are wanting to do this, your full consent, you know, all the legalese behind this. You answer yes, yes, yes. Then you push another button, and it releases a lot of nitrogen into the pod, it lowers the oxygen content fairly rapidly and puts you in a state of complete euphoria and bliss before you black out and then die from asphyxiation. It's completely blissful. There's no pain. There's no struggling for air or anything like that. The guy that invented it said that he wants people to just have an honorable death in the way they mm. want to because so many people, I don't want to waste away until I'm nothing. Right. I know there's this drive to like live longer, live longer, live longer. But what if living longer doesn't necessarily equate to ne 
necessarily a better life experience. Like it doesn't matter if I'm living to 130, if my body is just wasted away and I can't do anything. You say that. And as someone who did home health care for a really long time and worked with the dying, uh, the less that we have going on with the body, the most people, the harder they tend to hold on to it. It's yes, some people will think like you, but a lot of people are willing to compromise and you just adapt and adjust as you lose options. Just grasp to every little piece of life you can. That's human nature. That's why we're so good at surviving because we, all living things, grasp white knuckled to every scrap one more second of time they could possibly have. But I think that's a genius invention. Mm-hmm. And as things shift on this planet, I think it's something that will probably end up being used more often just because we're, we're approaching an undeniable fact in a logical way. Yeah. And you know how I feel about logic. Yeah. But you know what? This isn't the way I want to die if I choose to take my life. I'm not going to go into the pod and suffocate myself, even though from all accounts from everything I've read about it is completely peaceful and you're giddy and euphoric and well, how, wait, how are they getting? How are they getting customer reviews? How do you know that it's giddy well, okay. and euphoric and it's wonderful to go? Because they have done tests on people, not necessarily in this pod, but they've done tests on people where they limit the oxygen in the room. They increase uh-huh. the nitrogen. They limit the oxygen. And when you go into a deprived oxygen state, you start feeling blissful and floaty and euphoric and giddy and all sorts of things. This, this is the reason why people practice autoerotic asphyxiation is because you it's deprive true. yourself of air yeah. and you get to that point of ultimate surrender and it's almost a drunken feeling that is how they know what is happening inside the pod when you start depleting the oxygen level so fast and just replacing it with inert gas the person just kind of floats off and just laughs and oh i'm just floating away I wasn't sure if they were leaving behind Amazon reviews or something. <laughs> yes. It was so effective. I felt amazing. Five stars. <laughs> Best euthanasia I've ever had. Can't wait for my next one. No. So I'm not going into the pod. I want to ride the death roller coaster if that is an option. I've never heard of the death roller coaster. They developed about 10 years ago a concept for a roller coaster that will kill you. <laughs> but blissfully, it's it it alternates between pure adrenaline thrill excitement, uh-huh. and then it goes through seven rapid inverted loops, which exposes you to ten Gs of force, which does the same thing in your brain as the the oxygen getting sucked out. It just basically pulls all the blood out of your brain, and this roller coaster is guaranteed to kill you. Is it designed by the same scientists that were jacking off the salmon? Possibly. There's just like, we're going to jack off some salmon and also decide how we can ride the ultimate final ride. It's almost, it's, it's like half a kilometer tall. So you have to go up for a long, 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 long time. And then there's a free fall, which you reach pretty much close to terminal velocity during until you hit the bottom and go through these series of loops, which exposes you to this 10 G's of force, drains all the blood from your brain. And they describe the experience of these G-force. If uh, your vision 
starts to blur. You lose color. You gray out and peripheral sight. You, you get tunnel vision. Everything could disappear completely. You just black out, but you're still hearing everything. Eventually, this turns into disorientation and becomes pure euphoria. And then this G-lock, G-force induced loss of consciousness during which the body is completely limp and vivid bizarre dreams occur such as being in a maze and unable to get out or floating in a white space not knowing who you are why you were there or anything like that and then the life just drains out of your body and by the time you get back to the terminal you're gone so this device has been built no it's it's a concept i don't think because the thing is if they build it they're going to need to test it and then there's still a lot so of laws they're, they're around. They're theorizing it. that you're hallucinating and then dying limply. They have they done the math, and okay. if they build this roller coaster, and it looks oh, like okay. a crazy intense roller coaster, I mean, it should it's, be because because it, it kills you. Yeah, it's your final ride, and you can contemplate right, right. your death as you're climbing up. You've ridden roller coasters before, and sure. that that anticipation of the, the clink 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 as you're slowly going towards that first drop, but you know. I'm not going to be surviving this thing, but it's okay because you're going to get that huge adrenaline rush at first as you just completely free fall for about a half a kilometer. And then all the blood's going to drain for your brain and you're going to lose consciousness while being utterly happy and shuffle off the mortal coil. That's how I want to go. <laughs> and this is why you join us here at the Dirty Talk podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that sounds, if their math is correct, you better hope their math is correct. And that's not some false advertising. Right if their math with- is correct, then I just demand a refund. Ah, just, <laughs> it didn't kill me. I want my money back. Where were my hallucinations yeah. and bliss? Bring that's on what the I pod. I've tried the roller coaster. Bring on the pod. Give me your death pod. I thought you were going to say Viking funeral, but the death roller coaster is pretty interesting. I've never heard of that one. Yeah, I want to ride the death roller coaster. If I, I love roller coasters once i've decided I've, I've had enough of all this bring on the death roller coaster i think it should be an option i think it's a damn good option yeah i wonder if they take your picture <laughs> like, yeah. the other roller coasters like they have it in like the second loop we're just like oh. oh you can tell look at that he's dead look at oh. that and then your family oh. get like the little memento the, the, the of the little picture the, with yes. the, the, the like funny they little would. borders around it they would too <laughs> yes <laughs> Oh my God, I can see it now in my head. Yes, of course. Because I would love to figure out where the camera is. And then you we ride them, you just like make funny things at the camera. You're pointing, you're making silly faces and stuff like that. But I guess you can't do this. Your face is just going to be gone. You're just going to be like, Bleh. Yeah, that's funny. As long as we're on the topic of pictures, I have something completely different <laughs> and also just as disturbing. As the riding the death coaster? No, as 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 having your last moments immortalized mm-hmm. by photo with the death coaster. Well, there is precedent because they would only take pictures of people after their death because when photography was in its infancy, people couldn't sit still long enough. So all the pictures we have of people going back into the 1800s, they were all dead. Well, not all. Most of them were. It was very hard to get people to hold still. Mm. People that would often be the only photo you ever had of someone was their death photo. Photos were expensive and they were hard to do. So people would immortalize whoever had passed with the only photo, which would be their corpse. Mm. And then that would be proudly displayed on the walls. No, this is a different type of picture. As it turns out, Facebook 
Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Meta these days, uh. which is well known for being very good at respecting privacy and oh, taking. Extremely well. Yes, extremely well known. And based on that long history of trust they have managed to establish with us, they would now like us to turn over nudes in order to make sure that nobody sees your nudes. Of course. Yeah. We need to know what it looks like so we can make sure that nobody else can see it. Yes. That's As a matter argument. of fact, that is exactly their pitch. This week, Meta has paired up with Stop NCII, which stands for Stop Non-Consensual Intimate Images, mm -hmm. which seems very noble. Uh, there are certainly people whose lives have been devastated by having these images be shared. I can't say that I relate personally. People have committed suicide. People have been doxxed. Their new plan is in order to make sure that no one can see your nudes, you submit a nude of yourself. <laughs> that no one will and, see ever. And no, not, it's going to be safely locked behind where no humans can access it. It's not and going only... in Mark Zuckerberg's private no. file of people's nudes. Allegedly. Uh -huh. Allegedly. Allegedly. Not... I know they have high paid lawyers. Yes. Right. But I, I just, I don't know how many people that are super concerned about leaked nudes of themselves circulating on the internet are going to believe that I should turn over nudes to Meta and I can trust them that they will take good care of those nudes. No. So here's my final thought of the podcast. Are you ready for it? Does it involve a death roller coaster? It doesn't. We've already talked about the death roller coaster. My final What's thought. What's the of the podcast, and then I think that you should gear up your jaunty salute for these okay. good folks. Finally, mm. finally, somebody is requesting dick pics. Nobody has ever wanted one before. So gentlemen, <laughs> feel free to send all the dick pics you want to Facebook. They are requesting your dick pics. If you ever feel like sending one, don't send one to a girl unsolicited. <laughs> Yeah. Just send them to send Facebook. It to, send it to Facebook. Yes. Um, I'm quite amused, actually. I'm going to take some of that amusement and I'm going to shove it into my jaunty, amused, erect fingers. Uh, on those pearls of wisdom, yes, indeed, Facebook wants to see what you are packing in the trouser department. Thank you so much for joining us for uh, another delightful episode of the dirty talk podcast it was a roller coaster ride it was funny I, it had its ups it's had its downs there, it was very much a roller coaster ride but for it, sure. it, but it but left I'm you full dead. of life exactly yes. you know you didn't die you survived this episode thank you for joining us we're very proud of you yeah we got a jaunty salute for you but yeah. you know if you want to reach out to us you can find me on twitter i'm at tc rollins and you are everywhere as rain de gray yes also on Twitter, yes, it's Rain DeGray and raindegray.com. Mm -hmm. All right, my friends, thank you so much. Uh, catch you next week. Over and out. Bye-bye.